Yes, that's snuck up on me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, welcome to another edition of Full Course Yellow. Yes, I was uh, playing around with all of the settings, and suddenly I suddenly I popped up. So, um, how are you? Welcome to another edition of the uh, of the get together. It's, it's not a show as such; it's just a get together of a few friends on Thursday night, and we talk all things motor racing. So, hope you will join us. We'll bring up the uh, we'll bring up the roll call in just a moment. But uh, I'll just let uh, Doc in. Doc has just arrived. Here he is. Apparently, he won't retire if they force. I, I will happily retire. Anybody, I don't need to be forced. Anybody want me to retire? I'm more than more than happy. You just got to make it financially viable for me. Anyway, welcome to uh, welcome to everybody. We've got a few things to to, to talk about to, about tonight. Um, yes, Paul. Um, yes, well, I've got that listed for uh, to, to start the program off. So, uh, in fact, we'll we'll do that. Uh, we will do we will do that uh, right now. Actually, it's been a, a fairly tragic week once again. A fairly sad start to the show, and uh, we start off with the news that uh, long-time Victorian Fire and Rescue Squad member, one of the founding members, and a senior member for many years, Bob King has uh, has passed away. Bob uh, has been involved in the Vic Fire and Rescue going going way back. Not sure, perhaps even to the days of Women on, Women for Wheels. I'm not not sure whether he goes went back that long, but uh, he has been there an awful long time. Very very popular and uh, has given great service to Australian and local uh, local motorsport here in Victoria over the many years. So to the uh, to members of the Victorian Fire and Rescue Squad and to uh, the family of officials and uh, all of Bob's family, of course, our condolences on the on the passing of uh, of Bob King. So uh, very, very sad news came out uh, a little bit earlier in the week. Also Tony, earlier in the and week... Tony, and Tony Seymour as well, too. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that also. Uh, so we've had Stephen Schmidt, a uh, mm. local competitor, raced in uh, racing mini. Was racing, was in fact competing last weekend at uh, Bryant Park at the, uh, the Victorian Hill Climb Championship, and uh, was was fine. Went home. Apparently, died suddenly and un unexpectedly uh, earlier in the week as well. And that was a, a huge shock to the local historic uh, touring car fraternity and people involved in uh, people involved in local club level motorsport. He raced, as I said, Cooper, Cooper S at uh, Bryant Park, but also in the past had raced things like Bug-Eyed Sprites and, and a few other cars, uh, Fiat, I think, a few other cars as well. So to the to the family of Stephen Schmidt, uh, once again, uh, our, our condolences and, uh, and, and very disappointing. And as uh, Doc mentioned, we've had, uh, unfortunately, another tragedy in Targa, Tasmania, and it was announced today that, um, that uh, Tony Seymour, the, uh, a Queensland-based competitor, Driving a Lotus uh, was the driver that uh, unfortunately uh, died yesterday as a result of an accident in Targa, Tasmania. Now, the situation for Targa is that they have, at this stage, downgraded the uh, downgraded the event for the moment to a touring event. And, uh, yeah, so uh, once Just again, Alvin Dole says his wife was alongside of, uh, was alongside of him in the, in the car. She was a co-driver and navigator. Uh, she was uh, she was not uh, thankfully not seriously injured, but obviously uh, she would be a, would be a very sad, very very disappointing um, situation. So uh, to the family and uh, friends of of of, uh, of, of Tony, we uh, we wish you um, we wish you condolences and all the, all the very best. Okay, so um, well we might as well start. There's probably a, a place to start with. Uh, with Targa, Targa Tasmania, and uh, in light of what's happened, I mean, we had a couple of a couple of fatalities last year, 
and obviously the incident involving uh, in, involving uh, Tony uh, Tony Seymour today uh, or yesterday. Um, what, what what do you think is the, what's the future of these things? Because they they had a, after last year they had a major a major uh, investigation and there were a number of recommendations which Motorsport Australia has implemented and also the local authorities down there. The problem is, I mean, yeah, like as it says on the back of the back of the ticket motor racing is dangerous you have it doesn't matter what level you're at whether it's a an event like target tasmania or hill climb or drag racing or speed mm-hmm. the moment you get behind the wheel of a car uh yeah you've got uh, you've got some problems so uh you're only okay. at the will of your uh, talent really and a mechanical failure and that's yeah. that's and really anyone can compete in any particular target or, or a lot of events because there are no Restrictions. There are no license requirements. You're, they, well, there are, there are there well, are some license re- oh, requirements. Some, and some events. I'm talking about the whole of motorsport. Whole. I'm talking about going out the road here and, and competing in your local gym car or something to a certain extent. You know, there, um, there's there's scrutiny regarding the vehicle, but you know, you can do come and try days down at Phillip Island or Sandown, or I'm sure there's many other tracks throughout Australia and and lots of other different categories. You can do a come and try day. With no license or experience whatsoever, um, with a yes, a professional uh, person sitting next to you, but you're still both at the mercy of whatever you're doing. So, as you just said back at the start, there are risks. So, I've just popped that up. It's all because it's taking up. Uh, it's wiping out. Uh, it's wiping out Richard, and uh, we got we got there. But I think it's worth pointing out because we can just do our uh, best. Yeah, Richard and I just <laughs> do, do our best. Through. Yeah, do our best. Thicky, knees. But um, obviously, I worked in and would would know. As I said, all of the all of the flags. A lot of the people would have known Bob. And uh, Paul sent me a, a message earlier in the week uh, to say that he had uh, that he had passed away. So uh, yeah, so so nice words there from. Uh, Nice one. As as Paul's saying, you know, there are people out there who, who may well owe, owe their life to uh, to Bob and the other people in the Victorian yeah. Fire and Rescue Squad, and it's a really tough job. I remember when the Keith Kelsulki thing happened out at um, out at Phillip Island with that uh, that Ascari, that sports car. Um, the people who were involved in fighting that fire and trying to and eventually successfully getting Keith out of the car, albeit with yeah, some fairly serious injuries. The uh, that that really rattled a lot of people. They do a, they do an amazing job because it's it's not when anything involving fire is uh is not pleasant. So uh, yeah, our, our, our hands up and uh, congratulations to all those people involved because uh, yeah, it's uh, well, it's you, a tough job. Going back to the to the question, do you have to make entry more stringent, more? Tougher, well, more... that is one of the things that well, it was one of the recommendations for the for the main for the main category, and apparently, um, apparently Tony uh, Tony Seymour's car was in the main category. It wasn't the the Lotus Exige. It wasn't one of the, the quickest cars. But you've got that's what some people have said is that you've you've got cars running there now that are almost at, you know better than GT three standard. Yeah, some of the some of the Vipers and um, the uh, the Lamborghini Huracans and things like that that are that are running in in events like Targa, you know, there's some seriously quick cars, and one of the recommendations was a super license. And uh, Cam said to Michael Smith from uh, Motorsport Australia said today that it was one of the things they were going to bring in, but at the moment they're just sort of figuring out 
you know, how to find the balance and and basically how to test people because you've got people you know like i mean do you do you make it so that they've got to reach a, a certain standard on a racetrack before they can compete in that uh major uh in that major category i mean he michael mentioned today you know grant denyer's sort of situation that grant obviously is experienced race driver he's, he's raced a lot over the years on the circuit and he races there and he had a big crash in a target <coughs> event some years ago as well so uh yeah, it's a hard one well, uh, I think Peter Brock was pretty experienced too. Yes. Well, there you go. Right. There's, 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 so you know, these these things can you know if 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 it, if it can happen to if it can happen to Brock, um, then clearly it can happen to anybody. And it's the nature of those events. I know that. I mean, when Melissa was alive, she competed in a number of them through various. Being a journalist, a couple of car companies gave her, you know, cars to compete in. Or you know whether she drove or whether she was a, a co-driver, and I know that you know, after after the the, the incident with with Brocky, um, she said she she went right off the whole idea because she said, you know, she, even at her level, she said there were so many near misses. There's so many uh, obstacles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no there's. There's, there's, there's no runoff. It's not a racetrack, no you know. That's the no, point. Exactly. Yeah, no but then again, you've got to you've got to no drive water. to the conditions as well. I mean, if you if you're going to go in there and uh, throw the car in, and you, you've got to understand that, you know, yes, there are consequences, and if there are no consequences, then anybody could do it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what's uh, what's going to going to happen. But anyway, let's well, let's as I said, the roll call has come up. We saw, we saw from Paul um, box good good box 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 good day to to box as well. And uh, Tony Tony P once again joining us. Russell Clark is with us again. Race fan wherever you are, indeed. Mad Cow Mark is with us once again. Mm-hmm. Andrew is with us, saying yes, love the two Ferraris on Tuesday nights in pit lane. Yes, uh, and it wasn't Guido Belgiorno Nettis a nice guy. I mean, this is one of the richest, really one of the richest men around. He's a guy who's a billionaire, mm-hmm. and he's just a, such a you know, just a lovely, just a lo- really, lo- really lovely guy, and uh, absolutely a passionate Ferrari. Ferrari tragic, of course, and uh, yeah, oh, I had cars. such a hard choice between the number 27 and 28, if my memory serves me correctly, wasn't he? Could, well, as he said in decide. the interview, I mean, they wanted him to drive the one with the more, you know, with the they want him to drive the one with the more downforce, but he likes the one that's got less downforce because it's faster on the straights and he <laughs> no, just he, dominated, just ran away. Did you, mention, did you mention what he also told us at, at the track on the, on the just before the interview warfare that? At, at his discretion, he could drive whatever car he wanted in ever, any particular time. They, there wasn't a, a specific car, one he, he had to stick to. They said, your discretion, you just take whatever one you want out at the time. It doesn't really matter to us. That was just nice of the officials. <laughs> yeah, like they, apparently they're fairly, uh, fairly, fairly flexible, which is... Uh... Which is which is is good, I suppose. When you're a billionaire, you can do that because that's what he said. He, you know, he 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 got the second car because he was looking for spares for the first one. So, yeah, it was just after an engine, and this the whole car came up, and he went, "Yeah, why not? I'll buy that one." So uh, uh, it would be very nice to have that sort of uh, have that sort con- of funds. His contacts were very, uh, very, very foundation ish over there back over in Italy though. Did, do you also play the part, I'm not sure if he said it in the interview as well too, when he said that uh, they gave him the bit of a, a GT, the Grand Tour style though, when he went over there though. And when they came out to Australia, they um, valued his opinion immensely as well though too on the cars. So 
He's got a, a fantastic relationship with Ferrari regarding not just those cars, but as an overall. Uh, Ferrari are very, very good. They've got a whole division set up basically for the historic uh, Formula One and sports cars. And they do, they maintain them, I mean, because they want the, they want the cars, they want the cars out on the track. The, the philosophy is we would like, to, these cars were built to, to be on the track. We want them out on the track. Let's get them out on the track. But let's, uh, at the same time, we want to make sure that they're, they're going to be presented uh, you know, properly and safely and they're going to represent us well. And the fact, as he said, that uh, his people in the team who prepare his car up in Sydney have basically been given carte blanche by the Ferrari factory to sort of say, look, we'll, we'll just send you bits and you guys know mm. what you're doing. That's a, a huge tribute to, uh, to their skills as well because the cars, you can see from... You know, just from us looking at it closely and uh, with the sh shots that we had on Tuesday night, and it also the story's up on the YouTube channel if you haven't seen it, um, the, the cars were beautifully turned out, just immaculately uh, immaculately prepared. So, yes, Andrew, that was, uh, that was lovely to see those uh, two just cars to, out um, there. Just to, uh, something to keep an eye on, and I want to put... <coughs> excuse me, switch the note a little bit about Target Tasmania. I was looking at an article... Uh, this week as well to Hyundai, I uh, um, doing some data gathering down there in in Tasmania um, with their uh, Genesis. What uh, what's it called again? I'll have to look look it up. This up here, um, a Genesis GV60 is the uh, particular model. It's called. It's an SUV and it's a um, it's a um, yeah, it's an SUV electronic vehicle EV, I should say. So electric power vehicle. So they get data and giving that a whirl down there would be interesting. Obviously it'll be very quick over the over the first hundred meters or a couple of hundred meters, but we you know, I suppose um, <laughs> Well as I said, the, the the manufacturers are really keen <laughs> have been really keen on it because that's where Melissa would get the get the drives. I mean there were a couple of you know, see, there was the thing with Renault with a, I think a Clio Sport or a Megane mm. Sport. Um there was uh, something with Mercedes uh, something with, I think, uh, from memory, it might have been with Fiat as well. I think with an Arbath or something, with with not uh, not not a Target Tasmania, but seeing one of the other rallies. I we, I know that we did something. I did a Target here because I I sort of you know tootled along as you know sort of as, as company sort of thing. So I didn't have any involvement in it, but I just sort of wandered along over the, the course of a few days and filmed filmed a bit of it. And but, uh, yeah, also it's... in the EV market as well, though, too, Chevrolet have uh, spoken this week and said they're going to re uh, release in 2023 the E-Ray, not the Stingray. It's going to be called the E-Ray. So it's yeah, they've be... been talking about that for years. It was always the plan that this platform would eventually have a uh, would have an all-electric, uh, well, both a hybrid and an all-electric version. So it's going to be a hybrid version in 2023. So it's going to be like uh, 300 and something high horsepower, and the um, the electric uh, the hybrid part, the electric uh, uh, generator part is going to be attached to the front axle. I think it's going to be the left or the front, left or the right wheel, just one wheel. And it's going to literally put another extra 50 horsepower into the uh, into the sting of it, so to speak. And it'll just be off its dial. V10 or V12, I think it still is. Yeah, no, there's no change to the engine very much. Um, and then a couple of years later, it will be a full EV car as well. So, yeah, keep your eye out for that down the track. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to see America go down the path of uh, Europe and, and UK and have a 2030 ban on, on combustion engine vehicles. 
and only EV, but because you know Detroit will have something to say about that in a big way. But well, uh, I think that might be one of the reasons why the because uh, we've seen that uh, that Chevrolet are going to turn up. They've got a they've applied for a garage fifty six entry for of all things a NASCAR to run at Le Mans. Uh, but the deal is, Lamont has said that you know, for Garage 56, it has to be either an electric car or a hybrid. They won't accept the, a NASCAR just in its you know, current stock form. So mm. it wouldn't surprise me that the reason they're doing that is that they will use that, they will put a hybrid, that, that particular hybrid system will probably be adapted and go into the NASCAR and run at Le Mans, and they'll use that to sort of promote the, uh, to promote the, uh, the, the, that, that uh, new new model of the Corvette when they released yeah. it in Europe. I just checked. I just checked it up. Got rather than going on memory, it is going to be the mid-mounted V8 they're sticking to, and it'll just it'll jump from 369 kilowatts, like I said. Uh, sorry, a little bit more. It'll it'll boom to 447 kilowatts. That's a fairly jump for just throwing a little uh, a little electric, uh, a few diodes and uh, and. Uh, resistors on on your uh, wheel yeah well i mean we, we've seen like with the the cars that are running in the world endurance championship for a while i mean the both the audi and the and the porsche and now the toyotas um the acceleration of those guys when the when they had the three of them and they were running under the old lmp1 regulations the acceleration there was a, the round that they had at silverstone uh, a few years ago, if you get a chance to, it is online. I'm sure it's online on the uh, on the WEC YouTube channel. Uh, if you get the opportunity to see that race where you had uh, Mark Weber and in the Porsche and, and Earl Bamber and those guys in the Porsche, and then you had uh, Audi were there and Toyota as well. Uh, it was that brief moment when all three of the ma major manufacturers were involved, and it was just it, the racing was insane, and the acceleration of those cars out of some of the slower corners was just neck snapping. A quick hello. To, oh, I haven't no one said yeah. Hello, uh, Adam. Hello, Giuseppe. Good to see you guys. Thanks for joining us again tonight, or listening to the, us down the track on the podcast for everyone down there on Spotify and Apple, that sort of stuff. When Brad uploads it. While we're going around the room, though, before we get into the big guns, because there's been a lot going on in Formula One and MotoGP and a lot of Australians involved in contentious uh, little uh, incidents, uh, cooking from the kitchen. What are you cooking over there, Mr. Richard? You're in the kitchen tonight, and how's the cars cook? You need to unmute yourself as well, too. Um, yeah, I look, I'm, I'm in the kitchen because it's about the only decent room in the house. <laughs> I'm only living in what, two rooms. What, because the garage is full of cars and parts? No, it's full of piece. furniture. Oh. And uh, because this house is up for sale, anyone want to buy a house in Ashburton? <laughs> oh, you're um, in Ashburton at the moment. Yes, okay. Ashburton yes. in Melbourne, not yes. uh, in the lovely green rolling hills of, of Bullen Bullen. Hence, oh, yes. hence he's got decent internet for a change. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very, very I don't good. have to aim a torch at the at a tower somewhere. And, he's, and your gas bottle won't <laughs> run out as well there too either. It'll be um it'll be mains. Yeah. When the, so, in the kitchen there. Okay, well let's uh let's let's move move on and let's uh, talk a bit of Formula One. Of course, uh, racing at uh, at Imola on the on the weekend, and uh, a win to uh, a very dominant win in the end to, to Max Verstappen. And uh, a tough weekend for his main opposition there in, uh, in Charles Leclerc, who, uh, who un unfortunately sort of overdid it. Said, you know, put, he put his hand up and said, yeah, I, 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 my fault, I, I pushed too hard. And 
got a bit crazy and uh, yeah, did the did the wrong thing and was very lucky to have. Uh, was very lucky to have been able to go on and finish as high as I I did, but I mean it's, it has spiced up the uh, spiced up the the battle at the top of the championship a bit now after Max's early problems. So uh, it's not a not a runaway win, but obviously the Tafosi were uh, were absolutely heartbroken. They were also uh, both heartbroken and absolutely outraged when a young fellow called with an Italian name called Daniel Ricciardo uh, ran into the back of Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Pete. Um, what was your uh, once again? Dan put his hand up and said, "You know, like, yeah, my fault." But uh, what did? You, what was your reading of it? Um, he actually ran ran to the side of him, um, but I saw on a bit of the footage he got a light tap from Valtteri Bottas at the back, and that put him out of shape. And that point of the track was greasy, so he was on the curb, and then that's when he hit. Um, Carlos Sainz, um, and yeah, he should, he should have got a penalty, but he didn't, um, and it was, he did apologise, and he put his hand up and said he was at fault, which he was, yeah. Well, as Carlos said, you know, afterwards, he, that the fact that he did apologise went over very well with the uh, with the team at Ferrari, I mean, they just said that was it was a class act. They said, you know, like the, not everybody would have done it, and he was very quick to sort of at the end of the race jump out and go straight over to Ferrari and say, look, yeah, sorry guys, my my fault, really sorry for ruining your race, Carlos. And uh, he's, you know, Carlos said that everybody, you know, everybody did, really did appreciate, you know, his show of sportsmanship, and uh, they felt he was very genuine about it, which uh, which is good to see. I mean, you don't see a lot of that stuff in Formula One nowadays, and. Uh, yeah, it's good to see Dan doing that stuff, but I mean, it, it absolutely destroyed Danny's race as well. I mean, he was running around at the back. Obviously, had some uh, had some under tray damage, and we know how important that is at the uh, at the moment. So he really couldn't make any uh, couldn't make any headway through the through the field, and he was at the sort of at the back of the back of the field, uh, keeping young Lewis Hamilton company. I mean, boy, it was a nightmare. I won't retire. Nightmare for uh, for Lewis, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and Lewis, I think, needs to be very careful because I think he's going to end up being the number two driver this season if he's not careful. Because oh, big call. They're, they're in the um. They're in, oh, my ego! Oh, I'm just sorry. I just hurt my ego. Sorry. sorry. They're in the constructors' championship at this stage, and George is. You know, getting podiums and being out. I'm waiting for the message from Toto. Uh, Lewis, uh, pull us up. George is faster than you. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I thought it'd be a message from Guy if Toto was talking. So I'm just looking around the room. Oh, and I was God. hoping, hold position, Lewis. Hold position. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, don't, don't understand. Can't comprehend. <laughs> you did. It's Sir Lewis, all right? Now make sure you say yeah, that before you give me any other... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, well, he'll, be, he'll be, able to, be able to quit soon and jump into a... Uh, and concentrate on the football club that he's the supposed to be The big question buying. is, is he going to take his recent demise in stride and, and be classy about it and uh, be not... and. Yeah, not just take it in stride, I suppose, and be respectful as well. Or will he be a sourpuss and or try and make every excuse up under the sun? That is uh, that a rhetorical yeah. question? I think we know what the answer to that is. 
So, because I mean, there's plenty yeah. of drivers up there at, at the top of my, uh, pin, the pinnacle of sports in the world, and they can be absolute gentlemen. Doesn't matter what circumstances they are, ninety-nine percent of the time. That that was the other thing. Um, they didn't allow DRS until about thirty-five laps into the race. So DRS should have been allowed earlier. Yes, it was. That's what Andrew, as Andrew was saying there in the in the comments that you know, we it really should have been allowed early. And I I really couldn't figure out why they were. I mean, even in the wet, they have allowed it. You know, in the the conditions weren't ridiculously wet, and uh, the track was drying very quickly. And I thought they would have introduced DRS a hell of a lot earlier. Well, it's usually did. only a lap or two after they uh, the first couple switch across from the wet intermediates or the wets across to if, back to the slicks. So like within a lap or two. So why would you extend it out further than when they've switched across to them? I think, I think there's a bit of sensitivity around last year and <laughs> and things. So I think they're um, being overly cautious. Well, Speaking half the of race us, direct, half the race race directors are out with COVID for this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, could we see could could we see that Miami the return of it would it would you know, the Michael Massey returns at Miami. I mean, what a. <laughs> What a story that would be, because at the moment we've got the... Uh, the Snagglepuss, uh, exit, stage left. <laughs> yeah, we've got... Oh, do you week. remember that one? Doc, <laughs> you're not that old. I just, I, have, I haven't got the cane to go with the neck and just pull <laughs> Yes, I have. I've got one. Hang on. I'll do that. <laughs> Oh, you, oh, he's going to get props now. I mean, that's yeah. a, like, quick, quick while he's gone, let's talk sense. Um, the, uh, yes, uh, the um, Niels uh, Wittich uh, might miss the Miami Grand Prix because uh, you need a, 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 to test uh, negative before you're allowed into the United States. And unfortunately, Eduardo Freitas, his, uh, who is sort of the deputy, the guy he's sharing the, the deal with in the, the job-sharing agreement, um, well, he's apparently tested positive as well. Interesting thing, how you know, the different way that people are looking at this at the moment. He will, in fact, be at Spa on that weekend for the World Endurance Championship in his regular regular gig there. And apparently it doesn't seem to be a problem, the fact that he's tested positive with, to COVID. And it's just like, yeah, OK, well, as soon as you get better, just come on in. And so he'll be... So Eduardo will be there. And it, was, it has been raised as someone, like, if they're looking for somebody... Yeah, with experience, like, oh, who do we have who has? Oh, hang on, I know a guy who's been was race director for over a year or more. So uh, part time. Yeah, I don't think I don't think under no circumstances will they have Michael Massey back. I think if if I were Michael Massey, I would have a spasm in my middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? I was going to say this. This was courtesy of a broken leg. It comes in handy after a few years. Did you? Did you want to borrow it too, Pete? As well, though, too, so you could just go. Go for it, Snagglepuss. Yeah, exactly. For those of you listening on the podcast, Doc is doing sight gags. (laughs) Sight gags. (laughs) This is legit. This is a proper uh, timber wooden cane, the proper one. When I had a broken leg, it came in very extremely handy, and I recommend it anyway. When you you get sick of the crutches, these are absolute. They're not just for elderly well, there, there, there you go. 
Okay, so, um, but yes, that's that's interesting. Mercedes turning up, they're saying they're hoping for some, they've made some uh, not huge changes, but uh, they're saying that they're hoping for some improvements on the new circuit at Miami. They think that uh, they think that track will probably suit them a lot more than what we've seen so far. So they're hoping things will be better. The interesting thing is Toto Wolff has already said that you know people are saying that you know the whole concept of that car is possibly flawed, and they're saying you know, we we might just have to almost write off this season already and start concentrating on you know making major major changes. Uh, as as much as we're allowed to make within this year, in order to have a competitive car again, because it looks like whatever the road they went down just doesn't seem to be uh, just doesn't seem to be working. Why and a lot of people say that they believe it's got something to do with those uh, those very narrow side pods. They're yeah. saying that uh, one of the, I think it was Craig Scarborough was saying that uh, there's a thought that because they don't have the, sort of the the reinforcement running the whole length of the car that the floor is at the rear is flexing and that's uh, not helping the the porpoising situation yeah, but much Ferrari at all, are doing so. it as well too didn't we, are we did we mention it was it on tuesday night or was it last week when we said just give him last year's car that'll shut him up shut, that'll shut him up i, don't I mean think, enjoy it. i don't think they want anything to do with last year yeah, 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 yeah. you commented as well with that too but um, i don't know what the speed comparison would be or if anyone's done any um ghosting with last year's times compared of last year's car compared to this year, but if it's thereabouts, just let him have it. Just say, look, you can have last year's model if you want, and and uh, let George keep on racing his, and let, let's see you go head to head on that one. Yeah, I think I think the other teams might have something, and the FIA might have something to say about that. In other Formula One uh, news, uh, interesting, Renault have come out and said that they're going to support uh, Michael Andretti's bid for a Formula One licence. They said that they will uh, they will vote for it and they will get behind it and they will supply him engines. Um, that's interesting that because uh, Renault at the moment, I mean, Renault really do need another team because at the moment they've only got Alpine there for their for their engines. So uh, another be team a whole new team, Renault Brett? would be very good. Will that be a whole new team, or will he be buying an existing? The plan is that it would be a whole new team at this stage. Now we don't know what's going to happen with perhaps Huss or something like that. But uh, has it be based in America? I would doubt. I would doubt it will be based. Would be based in America. Like they really, I don't think they really could base it in America. They're just too too far out of the loop. Michael, Michael would be basing in Europe, would he? Yeah, I would imagine so. It's like you know, like in the days that Penske was running over there, and uh, that uh, they were they were certainly uh, they were certainly based out of the out of the UK. And I imagine that'd be the the same scenario for Andretti for Andretti as well. But it'll be interesting because there's a lot. Some of the other teams, particularly Ferrari, of course, are jumping up and down and saying, "No, we don't need another team. We don't want another team. Everything's very nice as it is at the moment. Thank you very much." And you know, it's bad enough that we've got to split all the profits, you know, sort of 10 ways. We don't want another team coming in and uh, taking a share of it as well. Oh, put another cap on the budgets and, and that'll, that'll allow everyone to do it to a certain extent because they can't spend an extra few million dollars on their, on their cupcake allocation for the weekend. But with Bernie not there anymore, that... Ferrari jumping up and down doesn't hold as much weight as it once. No, <laughs> good point, Pete. That's yeah, hit the nail right on the head. That's well, what it's, the, sa- it's the same across like cupcake. 
It's the same as you, with Europe in general. I mean, this is the culture shock. It's the same with Monaco. You know, like Monaco was just, you know, oh, but, you know, but we are the jewel in the crown. We don't have to do anything. We can, you know, we can, we can run things as we've run them for the past 25, 30, 50 years, we whatever. We make our own rules. Yeah, because, you know, because we are Monaco and no one is going to leave Monaco. We are the jewel of the crown. And the Americans are going, hey, we don't care, buddy. You know, so it's 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 forcing Monaco to actually say, well, okay, we probably could make a few improvements here and there, and we might have to pay a little bit more for our uh, for our race because it's not the big deal as far as Liberty Media cons are concerned. They're more interested in getting more races in and around America now than they are in, and if they've got to sort of they've got to probably get rid of a couple of races. So, you know, why not Monaco? I mean, you, know, you can't oh, pass to... there, especially All with these gonna... current cars. They're, they're huge. All they're going to do is put the yacht docking fees up by 10 grand a, a, a berth, and I'm sure they'll have no problem <laughs> at all covering that fee whatsoever. Well, Miami's got its own, Miami's got its own, uh, its own docking area. It's got its own it's marina. Own, it's the own problem yacht, is... Own yacht club, yep. Yeah, the problem is it's actually in the car park. It's in the, it's in the, the baseball stadium car park, and they've built like a, a temp, uh, like a giant pool there specifically just to put the, the just to put the yachts into, so that they can you know, recreate the the look and feel I, of Monaco. I, They're going to bring them in ooh. on you know, great big trucks, load you know, load them in on cranes, fill the thing up with water. They won't go anywhere. They'll just sit there. People will pay a fortune to watch the race. Then they'll just take, bring the cranes in again and lift them out again. I seem, to remember, I seem to remember somewhere very close to home doing that as well. And that worked really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the old... Uh, yeah, oops, oh, Pete's had... gone that. No, he's just left us. Um, or the other one I remember as well, too, we've got a big kangaroo we had at the Commonwealth Games up in Brisbane many, uh, back in the 80s that we could ship over to them and they could roll around the... Pl no, over they over need the kangaroo well. for the Olympics. <laughs> for Melbourne in a few years. Oh, for regional Victoria, I should say. Regional Victoria, yes, when the Commonwealth Games... Mm. How, how desperately we're all looking forward to the Commonwealth Games coming Well, good luck finding accommodation back. because um, obviously rent, there's a rental crisis here in Australia, let alone Victoria right now, and, and the worst part of it is in regional Victoria. So uh, Richard's going to uh, pick up his house in Ashburton right now and put it out to Bull and Bull and just drop it in the, <laughs> drop it in the field there and you'll, and you'll be able to bloody... Uh, You'd be able to get double a week for it out there, Richard. Look, I'm trying not to encourage people to come out to the regional areas, and you're <laughs> buggering it all up. <laughs> I keep telling people it's terrible out here. Oh, <laughs> pets, and, and, the, and the alcohol is absolutely disgraceful as well, though, too. It's, it's having, having, a, um, having a nice uh, boutique uh, scotch with uh, Richard's really harsh. Uh, it's, it's very. It's, it's it's still biting my throat right now. I'm still, I'm still choking from it. We haven't finished that uh, uh, single malt yet. Hey, hang we on, will. that was that was well over a year ago. That was nearly two years ago that yeah, we were we've drinking had that malt. We've all been it. stuck down with COVID. Yeah. And we've all had twenty and... lockdowns since and caught COVID fifty times as well too. So. <laughs> If, if, you, if, you, if you want to see, the problem is the air has got to it now. I mean, it will be oxidised now, so it needs to be finished quickly, Richard. And if you need a hand, we are available at a moment's notice. Good. Good. I'm sure there's plenty of opportunity for oh, intoxicated actually, people in my area. Speaking about intoxicated people in your area, some controversy has come up during the week. There was a post 
on Naira Speedway, I think on the official page, uh, about a complaint of the smokers that are in the area around there. And being a nice country venue, there's probably no real regulation on other than the same allowances that happen in the public wherever you go in the world, right? Uh, Australia, regional Victoria. So um, a couple of people said, I think they need to make some de- uh, designated smoking areas for people to smoke in. And a lot, there, was a, there was a massive amount of pro- protests. I think I saw 60 or 70 com- comments on it when I had a quick look at it and got the popcorn out. And then it led on to the drinking issues as well, though, too, being a dry area, too, and then there's wet areas and there's smoking, and then there should be a vaping area as well, though, too. And, oh, it just got really messy without the alcohol or the smoking. So the sexist area and the chauvinist area. And... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, just, I'll be careful where I go there. I think I might just stop, what, my, stop my thought process there. It could be like the Nürburgring 24 hours where they've got, you know, they actually have, you know, intense, they actually have like, you know, the, um, brothels and you know, intense dotted red around. Li- the, red light area. The, yeah, dotted around the launch life. They had that for years. And there'll be a blue light area too followed after that as well, though, too. And I'm not I think the thing is, disco. I mean, if you have a look back, you know, like way back in the past, you know, going out to the old Melbourne Speed Bowl and then later to um to, Av- to Avalon and uh, a few places, when they were sort of, you know, just letting people drink and say Calder Park Drags was another one, when they were just letting people drink and it was great for me, you know, like, I, you know, yeah, I, I love a drink, a, 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 a two or three. But the problem is, you know, like it was causing a problem. <laughs> it was causing it was causing big problems. I mean, some of the behaviour, you know, at at some of those meetings very late at night, especially at, at the drags after several oil downs or something, uh, it, it it did get very feral out there for a while. It was really good. It's now it's a lot more comfortable. You wouldn't have taken your family out to some of those places in the past, whereas now you can go to places like Nyora and and, and Avalon, all those places. And some of them, they've got an area where some of them have got an area where you can grab a drink if you want a drink, but it's not just open slather where you can just bring in and get yourself absolutely you know, off your face and uh, and cause it's trouble. A, so I, I would hope that they would just leave things as it is because no, it's a fun place. So oh, I think it was just more. It was Remember more the hill um, McPhillamy at Bathurst all those years ago? How wild that was. Oh God, yeah, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, that, that was, was that was just that was that was feral. I mean, and that was dangerous, and it was just well, you, know, you just you drive your car up there and don't expect to come back in it. That's what it was like, most of the time. So. It was well, safe to drive it was, your truck car around the track. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as Paul said, yeah, Avalon's got a, a, a dedicated smoking area or dedicated smoking areas, and al- booze can only be ex- consumed in the bar area, which is fair enough. You want a drink, you go there, you can go into the bar area, you have a drink, and you come back out again. I don't have a problem like that. I don't know about, you know, like I can I can do without a drink. I'm going there to watch the racing. I would, I would like a drink. It'd be, it's nice to have a drink. Uh, when you're out there, but yeah, you know, like if it wasn't there, I'm not going to say, well, I'm not going because I can't get a drink. And I'm certainly, if you can't do without a cigarette for four or five hours, um, you're in a you're in a pretty bad state. We like usually that. try and get a nightcap in somewhere, Brett, but we don't do it until we've actually finished, until the um, uh, till we're clear, don't we? Every now and again, we only grab one on the way home. It's usually just one one cheers to the day. And uh, Richard's Richard's if Richard's there, it usually turns and one turns into about seven. But uh, and that's just that's no exaggeration. That's being conservative. However, um, but uh, and that but we did a lot of filming that day at Richard, so we deserved a few more. 
However, that's why they're having sniffer dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roy pointing no, out. No, 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 you get on the show for one week, and all you do is just cause trouble and have gags and laughs and carrying on and. You start us all, Mr. Richards, out, Mr. Halchon. You just Roy pointing out that at Perth they only sell mid strengths, but yeah, most a lot of places. I mean, it's the same with the cricket and the the football now. It's a bit, it's a bit of a pain. I mean, because you know, if you want, if you if you're somebody who likes a proper beer or you want a, especially like you know, I'm, a, I'm not a, I'm not a beer drinker. I, I I like my wine and my spirits. And if you go to some of these places and you just you can't get a, you can't get, you know, like a, just, you just want a scotch. You say, look, I, I just want to, I just want a scotch with my, with my pie or something. You can't get it. It's like you might be able to get a premix or something. But anyway, that's. Your bathroom uh, gets, the bathroom gets more of a workout than all because it just goes straight through the, the <laughs> mid or low strength. As Paul saying, Park. the McPhillamy Park flag point was interesting to work oh, at. Yeah, I can imagine. They'd probably just, lots they'd of probably tales. Pa- Probably the general public used to probably walk across the track and pass it to you, then walk back around the other side where a camera wasn't back then, I'm betting. Yeah. Right well, in all the race. There you go. That's it, yeah. And that's, unfortunately, well, Box, you're right. I mean, you know, like, you know, unlimited access to alcohol and the great Australian public e- e- equals general chaos. Unfortunately. And that's it, that it ruins it for all of us who, yeah. who really do want it. I mean, it's really crook. I mean, you go down... To, to the beach during the summer and it's like you, you go there and you, you get some like the picnic area and you want to sort of have a barbecue or something you can't take a bottle of wine or take a couple of you know take a couple of stubbies with you and, and just have a drink because you know like it's it's virtually banned you can't drink in open anywhere nowadays I and say, uh, you only have to mention one suburb down there it's been in the news the last two or three years before covid as well st kilda look at what all the all the people used to do when they come rock up there completely out of the blue, throw their own rave party or, so to speak, or put a DJ on with some music on a boombox and the police would be eradicating everyone two or three hours later and the council would be on the news the following night because the whole area, grass and the rubbish would be just trashed. So it's, yeah, unfortunately, out of alcohol out of control is the old saying. Anyway, let's move on to uh, let's move on to matters on on track. Uh, Doc, I sent you the uh, the, the FIM Grand Prix Commission uh, got together and they've made a, a couple of uh, not earth shattering announcements in regard to MotoGP. Before we get on to the race itself on mm. the weekend, uh, did you get a chance to have a look at that uh, document? Yeah, see I, what they're doing. I had a browse peruse over the uh, Federation International Motorcycle. Uh, which they uh, they pronounce themselves as, and yeah, probably like yourself, I, I, there was two or three points. Let's go to the highlight, the, just a little paraphrase at the end. So in 2021, the Grand Prix they announced, which was the best Grand Prix of the year, was Valencia last year. So oh, congratulations. of course, I mean, yeah. There's plenty of opportunities for it to be a Spanish race. It was always going to be a Spanish race. Anything to do with Dorna, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a Spanish race. So we'll start lightheartedly. Um, you probably run your eyes over as well too. They they just briefly uh, went into the testing days and times and how about you can go with it. So they're giving the, uh, a one-day test only after the end of the season race at that particular venue. Then they've got three days here and two days there and so forth. Uh, there's some preconditions through winter, what bikes you can use, the old ones, new ones, etc. So they're just tweaking a few of the um, rules on testing as well, though, too. But I think the biggest highlight of the statement was on page two as well. 
is the introduction of the uh, of biofuels. It has to have a minimum of 40%, Brett, correct? Am I there by 2023? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it's that low, actually, because when you consider sort of, you know, the, you know, the cars are running E80 and, and all that sort of thing, and then some, and in some mm, of the categories now, they're running yep. 100% biofuel. Um, I'm really surprised that they that it's going to be that low. They they said ultimately the long term goal is that it will be sort of you know that uh, biofuel and uh, synthetic fuel will be the the way they're going to go. But I was surprised when they said that it was going to be you know, only forty percent because I would have thought I would have thought they could have got uh, got a bit higher than that. Yep. So just going through over the brief, I have read it all. As you know, I've been going free freeloading for a second. And it has to be increased to 100% in 20, for the 2027 season. So that gives all the teams, uh, the factory teams, the satellite teams, everyone else. I'm not sure if it'll apply to the subcategories like Moto2 and Moto3, but I'm sure there will be conditions. There'll be outlays in the future and announcements on how it will transition down to the lower categories. Because if you remember Moto2 and Moto3, uh, sometimes run to a certain specification where they have to have a controlled engine or a controlled chassis. Uh, there's a lot more um, restrictions on, how, on on development they can do. That's why it's not the premier class. But yeah, 2027, uh, 100% biofuel. So that gives uh, the team something to, you know, really you know, pin the tail on the donkey by 2027. So um, And of course, last weekend we said the... the, the, the circus rolled into uh to, to portugal i mean did you have a did you have a look i must admit all i've seen from uh from moto gp on the weekend was jack miller's crash that's the yep. only thing i've caught up with yeah i won't go over the whole uh ring roll because it was a pretty classy effort i won't say it was uh dem a demolition or a um a complete uh gang bang smash all the way through but quadraro very consistent race very smart race uh, put himself up there and, and positioned himself well in qualifying and then was able to uh, take off Zarco off his perch in the first couple laps and then uh, just drifted out and, and kept the maintaining a comfortable lead by about four or five seconds towards the end. So, yeah, um, and you and I were discussing this on Tuesday night when we were doing the in-pit lane show in the studio because uh, we are having a laugh with Pete about uh, the Ricardo incident and, of course, Jack Miller. So, Jack... Uh, well, I think it was about five, oh, a few laps to go, maybe about five or seven, seven laps to go, I think. Just his ambition was there. The bike was probably possibly able to do it, but he just went out, went the undercut under Murr on a, uh, on a sharper corner and uh, dropped it in front of him and basically did the old, uh, if you were playing cricket, the old sweep shot and took Joanne Murr out with him in the Suzuki. And look, they've had some uh, trying times in the last two years. There's been some ugly incidents. Uh, if, I'm sure if you look up YouTube or look at, you know, just Google Jack Miller and Joe Murr, you'll see that they um, there's been a bit of argy-bargy on the track and off the track and a lot of animosity. But um, I think uh, Jack was uh, quite hurt during the crash. He uh, didn't get up straight away. He was on the old Moto, Moto GP uh, haunches where you're on your hands and your, and your knees and you're, and you're feeling the pain and hoping those airbags just go, let you get some uh, breaths in in a few seconds. But... Joanne went straight across to him, put his hand on him and, and made sure he was okay and he was all right, which which was pretty classy uh, by him. That was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, um, and Jack's been put up his hand and fully regrets and said, yeah, um, it's my, completely my fault. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but didn't um, didn't incur a penalty. So it was it was deemed a racing incident. So there will be not be any grid spots or, or seconds wiped off his time. 
the That's interesting right. thing the interesting thing was that you know like afterwards jack said he's now feeling he's getting into the the rhythm of that bike again he's feeling a lot more comfortable on it now he said it's starting to gel and he's feeling he's feeling more comfortable than he was at the start of the year with the current bike and uh, it's starting to reflect in better uh in better performances because you know i mean it seems that he's constantly under some sort of pressure for for one reason or another so uh and a quick punchline, Marquez has had a quick battle towards the end as well too. I don't know if you've, you, anyone else has seen any highlights. So Mark Marquez was on his, his Repsol Hondo and uh, his brother was on the Aprilia and they had a bit of a bit of a fun and games at the end. It was all clean and as a whistle and good fun. So um, good to see, you know, the Aprilias are competitive this year. Um, uh, Aspargaro uh, unfortunately went out early as well though too on the other Repsol Honda. So crash went, went early in the race, only a few laps in I think so. Yeah, it's the season's up in the air, and everyone criticising Jack that he's he's year he may have to drop back to the satellite team next year. Well, he if he can stay on the bike, he'd, he'd be a country mile ahead of the other three. Uh, other Zarco performed quite well on the weekend, like I said, he managed to he got a podium out of it as well. But you know, he's uh, he's outstripped Bagnaia at the moment, and he was the uh, bee's knees at the, in the last year and the start of this year, and he just can't seem to find his feet on the bike at the moment. So. Anyway, that's uh, that's your MotoGP wrap-up for the week in a, in a short spell. Yes, and uh, supercars, of course, returning to uh, to the to action. They're over in... Uh, they've made the long trip across the Nullarbor and they're over in Western Australia at the moment for uh, for night races. Uh, interesting that uh, a lot of the drivers, and they're, they're playing up the fact that because it's a nice night race and they, they think it'll be very, pretty cool over there over night time, they're saying they're running... The whole meeting is just run on super soft tyres and they're saying that that's... Um, so they're interested that no one really is, is sure at this stage in terms of how they're going to play out the strategy how long these tyres are going to last uh, at their maximum uh, at the maximum level of adhesion on how long before they start uh, going to pieces whether they've got any sort of they end up having any real problems there so that's uh, fairly uncertain as to what's happening with that but that'll be uh, under lights at uh, Wanneroo or Barbagello as it's called now they will probably uh It'll be spectacular. I, I don't think it's on free to wear. There are highlights on free to wear, but if you've got uh, if you've got Mr. Murdoch's uh, one of Mr. Murdoch's services, uh, then you can probably watch it. Uh, probably watch it there, and I'm sure it'll be very entertaining. We'll probably talk a bit about it next week those on uh, both soft. in pit lanes news those, and here on full course yellow as well. Those super softs. Would you imagine there'd be a lot of diving going on, possibly? If someone's on used tyres and someone's on some fresh sets, I'm not sure. What's the um, what's the sequence of events? Is there two races, three races, four races? How many There's k's? One race. There's one race on the Saturday night. Yep. And then two races during the day on Sunday. Yeah. So it'll be it'll come back down to whoever banks some sets on qualifying tyres as well, though too, and then it'll be track position and let's dive. And then, of course, how how warm it turns out. I mean, because as we've seen even here just recently, you know, it's it, the tail of summer comes back. I mean, I got a real surprise when I walked out the other day and it was about 25 degrees. It's like, well, where did this hit all of a sudden? Um, it was a lovely day. And, of course, you know, Perth, it can, uh, it can heat up pretty quickly there. So, it's, I mean, it's probably not going to be 30 or 30 or 35 degrees or anything. But if it gets into the mid to high 20s after a weekend of uh, racing on the super soft tyres on that very abrasive, very, very abrasive surface that they've got over there at Barbagello, it could be, uh, it could make for some, uh, for some very interesting racing and it could open up the possibility of perhaps a, uh, perhaps a surprise or two in terms of who uh, comes away 
with the victories over the weekend. So, uh, let's, uh, so we'll have a look at that coming up on the weekend, but always uh, it's, it's a good track, Barbagallo. It's uh, lots of... Uh, you've been out, Richard, you've been out there, haven't you? You went out there with the, when they ran the, the, the NASCAR guys out there with Eddie, with Eddie didn't you? Unmute, I'm, I'm um, Richard. You're still muted, Richard. Hello? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I went out there with Eddie, and uh, we actually won that race. It was, what did you uh, think of the track? It's tight. Uh, it's smallish. Um, it's got a nice Forgiving? long straight. Is it um, it, I don't think it uh, certainly doesn't rank with uh, the island or even Sandown, I don't think, my opinion. It's more Winton-ish. Yeah. in a way. Mm. The facilities As are... I could see that. The facilities were, you know, they've improved them. They'd want to. Um, but, but it's a nice place, you know. Um, you can't see the back half, no matter where you stand, you basically can, uh, can't see the back half of the track. But, uh, yeah, when you win, it's always good. Yes, yes, of course, and you've got plenty of time to uh, contemplate as you make the long drive back to uh, back to the eastern seaboard. But anyway, so that's happening on the on the weekend. Uh, just quickly, uh, Super GT is running is back in action on uh, there, and thankfully they're putting the races up fairly quickly. If you want to watch it live, you have to have a subscription to Motorsport TV, uh, which you know, I'm, I wouldn't be too keen on. But if you you know if if you wanted to do that, that's fine. But uh, you, you can they they had the they had the full races up within a couple of days and uh, they've got the new Nissans and they look fantastic now Nissan mm. have said that they're going to uh, they're going to actually test now once the COVID now seeing the COVID thing is sort of being slowly but surely lifted everywhere they're going to bring in some of their uh, Formula E drivers and put them into the Super GT cars and give them a bit of a test there so we could see some new sort of European names popping into action in uh, in Super GT which would be a which would be a good injection of uh, of new talent into that series. Cars are the cars are amazing. Uh, when I saw the Super GT, oh, probably about six, five or six years, probably probably longer now. I forget the exact date, but I went over and saw them in action at uh, Sepang in Malaysia, and they were just blisteringly fast. They're just uh, they're, they're on. I, at, at, there was a short period of time in the early days of supercars where. People like Auto Action and all that were flagging the idea of having a match race between you know, supercars in Australia and the DTM cars until Mark Scaife went over to Germany and saw them and went, no, that's a that's a really bad idea. I think he said, like he said at Bathurst, they'd lap us within about six laps. So let, let's not do that. Uh, just another thing we, um, you know, we haven't mentioned tonight as well. Too. I'm not sure if you put it in the news uh, last week, Brett, because you're the show um yeah the uh chastain won talladega but he did it from third place in the last lap with uh, uh kyle larson tried to take a pass on eric jones and uh and open the door for chastain it would have, i'll have to look at that to highlight and have a look at that when the dust settled from the car that's rolled. the other thing too if you like your nascar nascar are also very quick in getting full races up so are indycar mm. for that matter the americans are really good and if you want to see anything, I don't know whether Talladega's up yet, but they usually, within a week, uh, 
or you know, four or five days, they've usually got the full race uh, up on their YouTube channel. And the thing that uh, NASCAR do, and it's it's a bit of a bugbear for me because they send out the news releases now in full 4K and at uh, and a high frame rate at 60, uh, 60 uh, frames a second. Too but good. it looks a million dollars. If you've got a really good, if you've got a good television, if you've got a 4K mm. television and uh, a high, re high refresh rate on your TV screen, it looks a million dollars. It looks fantastic. Well, with inflation at 5.1 now, <laughs> if you haven't got one, <laughs> it might cost a pretty penny from there at this point onwards. We'll, um, we'll just wrap this up just quickly with the last bit of news. Uh, Motorsport Australia announced uh, late this afternoon that they've signed a commercial deal with the uh, owners of uh, the TCR category to have the keep the Australian rights to TCR going until 2028. So they're showing uh, faith in uh, in that category. Uh, we certainly saw a really good field up at uh, up at Bathurst, and uh, so it is slowly but surely sort of gathering gathering momentum here. I mean, it's going to be a hard sell because you put them. I mean, you, it's it's true. You put them up alongside of the. It's, and it's not just the supercars, but you put them up against Trans Am and sports sedans and, and you know, things with 650, 700, even in the case of sports sedans, some of those, can, you know, they're putting out over 800 horsepower now. Uh, it's it's very hard for the, very hard for the TCR, TCR cars to, you know, really shine, but they, they tend to put on some good racing and uh, certainly they've got plenty of manufacturer involvement, so... Uh, so that's really good. I'll just and put up one more, Paul. one more quick thing. Congratulations yep, to Joey Mawson because he uh, got his super license during the week as well too. To the recent changes by M. You just remind me, Motorsport Australia made some tweaks to the license requirements last month, and Joey Mawson now can run some super twos and some GTs and, and even run in a supercar if he gets a uh, if he gets a random drive. So congratulations to him and anyone else who takes advantage of that in the future. And he's certainly, he's certainly a very talented driver. Last, that's the reigning gold from, star. Yeah. yeah, apart from being gold star champion, he, he had uh, he had a, a fairly successful tilt at things overseas meet, as well. Meet, so beat Mick Schumacher back in 2016 in his championship. Yep. So, uh, so he's 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 got a he's got a good pedigree there, and he should be a should be good there. Um, yeah. So uh, as as sorry as Paul said, round three of the Pro Motocross Series happening in down my uh, happening uh, at one Wodonga on oh. the weekend up at uh, up at Wodonga, Wodonga up Albury Way up on the border. So Damn. that'll be uh, nice if you want to go up there. Uh, if you're if you're up there, you might take a run down to Wangaratta on Saturday night. The Speedway. Uh, Speed, Wangaratta Speedway is in action on Saturday night, and I think it's the um, I think it might be the Speedcar Grand Prix uh, is happening. Is happening there, or the Victorian State Title? There's a, I know there is a big race coming up at Wangaratta Speedway this week. Well, after you go get night. your dong out, get your wang out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go, and so you can yeah, have fun. Wangaratta. So, so it's an interesting town. It, it goes off very late at night. It really goes off. <laughs> Richard's been there when it has gone when it has gone off. Um, See, okay, and also, um, also some more two wheel news. Paul's just put up there that the Australian Superbike round that was scheduled for the bend in December has um, has been moved a week earlier because the Adelaide Five Hundred, which they're still saying which will happen, has uh, has taken it. that date. So um, mm. yeah, so I imagine another reason that Sam Shaheen won't be. So speaking of speaking of Sam though, um, Sam when the the guys just quickly were in action at Malala on the weekend, unfortunately couldn't make couldn't make it down there. But I believe that there was a they did eventually get a local crew out there to do some video. So hopefully that'll be up on uh, 
that'll be up on someone's YouTube channel uh, fairly soon. Unfortunately, a week the, the, they couldn't find the budget for us to go across. So, uh, but apparently somebody local has jumped in and uh, and and done that. So yeah, so that'll be coming up, and it looked like a really good field of sports today. And the good news is coming up uh, in August at Winton, the uh, the festival, the Winton Festival of Speed in August. Uh, the the historic sports sedans will be up at Winton running there and uh, that'll be a that should be a good turnout up there at uh, at Winton so and coming up this weekend it's, it's not a public thing but one of the reasons I'm flat out at the moment is this uh, this weekend celebrates 50 years of the Australian Sports Dan Association Victoria branch you've got a big dinner coming up here on uh, on Saturday night and uh, I'm flat out at the moment <laughs> putting together their uh, putting together their AV stuff for that uh, particular dinner on on Saturday night so I'm uh, I'm flat out at the moment and it's for that reason that we're going to call an end to proceedings so thanks everybody for um Thank you. For, for, for coming coming along um, we'll, we'll just say to um to, to Benice um, I have no idea unfortunately my Spanish is very very limited Benice but uh, whatever you're saying thank you for it it's probably something absolutely filthy but who knows but anyway that's oh, so, so no. Benice Bonaire so thank you to uh, thank you to Benice and uh, also thank you to uh, thanks Russell good, see, good night to Russell Clark good night to uh, to Box yeah, thank you Th thanks mate we, we really appreciate right. it and uh, there uh, <laughs> Russell saying settle down Doc um, and uh, Mad Cow Mark local country towns. also saying bye and having a great weekend and we, we pass on those wishes to you as well so until we see you next week now I'll just tell you full um, in pit lane this Tuesday night on in pit lane our special guest we're talking speedway racing and a young a young Australian driver young Victorian driver by the name of, uh, of Todd Hobson he's going across in a couple of weeks time to race wingless sprint cars in Indiana <laughs> It's a really great story. He's a really nice guy. And as I said um, on the show, and you'll see it on there, in terms of his professionalism, in terms of what he presented to us in, to, to, with his background and all the things, it was, the, it was as professional a package as I've ever seen in the time I've been doing this show. It was very impressive. And so he could, he could go a long way if, he's, uh, if he backs it up, if, he's, if his driving turns out to be as good as his uh, general presentation and his media performance, he's someone to watch out for. So you'll well, see Well, just like that. now, Brett, we ran out of time, didn't we? We could have asked him a heap more stuff. Yeah, that's it. We, unfortunately, our band couldn't get in. In fact, a few people couldn't get in, but our band couldn't get in because uh, in the late afternoon, uh, one of, they called, one of the, the lead singer caught COVID. So uh, that was the end of the band for that night. So we had to sort of stretch a bit, and he was a he was a terrific uh, a terrific guest. Also, this week is uh, as as I sort of remembered at the last minute. This week does mark officially the twenty sixth anniversary, the twenty sixth birthday of In Pit Lane. So uh, for what it's worth, that's what's coming up. This Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on Channel 31. We've got about four programs left. We finish at the end of May and then we'll take a break. And what happens after that, as per usual, is still up in the air because politics. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll see you, but they, they can't stop us oh, doing a, this. A, well, they can, election. but... There's an election. Yeah. It's in politics, yeah. Okay, so see you, Andrew. See you, Tony. See you, yeah. see you, Chris. See you, Richard. Tonight. See you, Pete. See you, Doc. And we'll see you next week on Full Course Yellow. Thanks for joining us. Until next week, bye for now. Have a great bye. rest of the world.